Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Hope everyone had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. We appreciate you tuning in on a Tuesday to the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're with you for the next three hours. You can share your thoughts and comments as well on the Garage Door Guru text line. The number to text is 704 704- 570-9610, Charlotte Sports Today with Colin, Floundy, and of course, Fiddy handing off the baton to Wes and Walker. Fiddy, are you ready to pull some overtime with that voice that sounds maybe a little raspy from the I weekend? I don't know, man. He sounds like he might be thinking he needs his own dressing room and uh, makeup person and all that by the way he's talking. A great two hours of radio mm-hmm. because of the station over there that I'm looking at behind the ones and twos. We walked in and he was talking about the future and everything. Uh, can you work with us peasants anymore, Fiddy? Is that okay? I mean, I've been doing it for four months, so what's <laughs> another day, right? What's another day? Another day, another dollar. How's your voice doing? It's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it might, it might, you know... Get high, get low. It's going to crack at some point. It might break. Visit to the mound is going to be a journey. <laughs> uh, but uh, well well worth it. What what a day yesterday out at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah, you know, I, I, I am going to clown you every now and then. But also after 900 miles of racing with you out at the track pretty much all day long, right? Like I saw some of the photos out there, NASCAR Brad, big shout out to him listening every single day as well. You Flounder, you guys were hanging out. I saw your Chase Elliott Hooters cutoff shirt with a Hooters hat <laughs> with a beer in your hand. All squinty eyed Josh Fitty Marlowe looking at the camera. Flounder looked like he was having a great time too. I was wondering how y'all'd be feeling today, but it did look like you had a great time out there at the track. No, we did, man. We got up dude. We got there at a, like about eleven. NASCAR Brad was there at eight thirty. So he was fifteen hours in at the track yesterday. But yeah, no, we we had a blast. So twelve hours, two rain delays. Mm-hmm. 600 laps, 900 miles, and too many beers to count. Uh, Wes, is there a sporting event that you would attend for 12 hours or even 10? Wouldn't you would just Super stay Bowl. there the whole time? Super Bowl, college football playoff. Yeah, sure. college football. So if you had two back-to-back games, you would do that. Oh, yeah. Final four, for sure. It's just yeah. when you have 900 miles. And so I do want to dive into that because this weekend, the weather didn't cooperate whatsoever. I was holding out hope. I was hoping, okay, Saturday looks bad. Maybe we can get something better on Sunday. Nope, not at all. Even if we kept getting some word from track officials, no, we think we can get this race in on Sunday. Everybody else was pretty skeptical of it. Like this thing looks like it's going to have to be completed on Monday. So let's talk about just how much the weekend was able to be salvaged despite tons and tons and tons of rain. Let's do it right now by pulling up to the scene. Fiddy's okay now. He can drive. We checked his BAC. He's good to go now. Go ahead, Fiddy. Let us off the uh, let us off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! 
So Ryan Blaney holds off William Byron to win a rescheduled Coca-Cola 600 on Monday at Charlotte Speedway. He gave team owner Roger Penske a sweep of the Memorial Day weekend's top races in the U.S. I thought Ryan Blaney's post-race interview was really cool. You could tell that it meant a lot to him. I believe he went 59 races without a victory. So for him to be able to get this done since 2001, for the first time to have a victory since 2001, he was emotional in the post-race interview. And everybody, everybody up there, when you're talking about Mike Joy, Tony Stewart, Clint Boyer, they're all saying about how much they love Ryan Blaney. And it seemed to be well-received here, the victory that he had. Goes into the stands, has the checkered flag, gives it out like Cam Newton does a football to kids, kids after he scores the touchdown. Blaney does the same thing with the checkered flag. I thought it was real cool. And Wes, they were discussing, like Tony Stewart, Clint Boyer, both, they were discussing how this was one of the better Coca-Cola 600s they had seen in a while. So no, you don't get the race on Sunday. You don't get the good weather. It's not like it was amazing on Monday. But it feels like they were able to salvage this as much as humanly possible, given all of the weather delays that they had. I mean, yeah, doing that as long as I did, I knew how the schedule was going to end up. They ended up doing the doubleheader. Like I said, Ryan Blaney, man, he's one of the uh, the good young drivers in the sport, even though he's getting pretty seasoned now. He got him a nice win, so uh, kudos to the weekend, and they got it in because a lot of people were worried if they'd be able to do so and if the weather was going to hold up. Well, let's go to the reporter live on site. I mean, how would you say they were able to salvage this thing here, Fiddy, because clearly it wasn't going well. on. And people come in from all across the country. Mm-hmm. It's a huge NASCAR event. And, of course, you don't plan maybe to stay there on a Monday, especially if you're buying the tickets so far in advance where you have no clue what the weather's going to be like. How much were they able to save this entire uh, event over the weekend? I mean, it, it was right on par with what last year's 600 was, which was epic because the new car, the next-gen car, has fixed mile-and-a-half racing. And so... Uh, look, the drivers put on a show. You had 16 cautions, so you had plenty of action throughout. You had controversy with Chase Elliott wrecking Denny Hamlin, and Hamlin confirmed to be suspended. Another Bubba Wallace incident with Eric Amarola on pit right. road. So, like, you had some drama and stuff like that. So, look, we had to wait, and we had to wait through a rain delay again, but it was... Like, if, if you were at the race and you left and last night you said you weren't worth it, you're just a miserable human being. Because <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And it was it was a good product to watch. It was worth waiting for and sitting through a rain delay. Yeah, a lot of people were saying it, even if it is sitting through the rain delay. I know they had a couple of them. The cautions, they added up a lot. And I know the cautions do breed cautions. Yes. But at least they were able to, at least you had a decent stretch at the very end without having a caution there. And then Blaney just separated himself big time from William Byron, who had the lead for a while. They had a couple of restarts, obviously. And then that last restart, even William Byron was talking about how it was a really good one for Blaney. He had the better car and William still discussing how he felt like he had a good race car, just not as good as Blaney's. And then boom, after that restart took off something serious. And then there was even greater of a second of separation between those two. Saw Bubba Wallace, saw an interesting leaderboard, right? Because even Bubba Wallace, after you start to move in the last 20 minutes of this race, he jumps up a million different spots to get there. So impressive finish for him as this weekend comes to a close, having 900 miles of racing in just one day. Goodness gracious, it's so much. So hopefully you were able to have a good weekend after all of this thing 
um, was able to be completed. Were you? What were you doing this weekend? Did you have the race on in full? Great sports weekend, not only with this, even on a Monday, but we even got a Game 7 yesterday, and that Miami-Boston Game 6 on Saturday night was one of the best yes. postseason finishes I've was, ever seen in NBA playoff history. Yeah, I watched that game start to finish. I mean, it wasn't much to be done as far as just the weekend and the weather, just mostly uh, watching movies and watching Netflix and things of that yeah. nature. But uh, like I said, got into game six. It was great. Game seven uh, was was it was it was interesting because just to see how it ended up turning it out and you could just tell from the onset that Miami was ready to go and they were not affected by what happened in game six but uh again just to go back that game I watched it start to finish it was just incredible I mean I, I thought Miami had it when when I'm a big momentum guy and when Jimmy Butler hit the free throw to go up one I was like all right Miami should be good to go and then when they missed the shot I was like all right it's over and then he taps it in and I was like oh my god Wes I was losing my mind on Saturday that game was phenomenal because you had a whole bunch of different storylines going towards the end of it and it's not like it was a particularly well played game Jimmy Butler was way off okay not only was he boring to somebody he like Wes, but he just weren't, wasn't playing well like just flat out even when you tried to dissect he's a good player but boring he wasn't even playing well offensively by any stretch on yeah. Saturday until the very end when the clutch gene shows up and I'll tell you this man if you hit three free throws in that moment it's happened every once in a while you get to see it it's a lot to ask for somebody to hit three free throws not only to tie it but to also get that lead and Jimmy was able to do it and I thought man he just helped himself not only like it was clearly his worst game of the Eastern Conference finals nothing even came close to it but here he hits a huge shot on the wing and then he gets fouled and nobody was even able to realize that he got fouled beyond the three-point line like, they no, reviewed it, he's yeah. going to the line for a chance to win this thing and then Derek white he floats out that last play was crazy because they inbounded to marcus smart marcus smart he obviously misses the three but Derek white was there for a second option if he wanted to pass that yeah, duncan robinson lost track of him yeah, and Jason Tatum and Derek White had each alley on the left and right of the goal. So if it misses right, then I think Tatum has a shot to be the Derek White hero in that moment. But you were working with a minuscule amount of time on the offensive rebound. But obviously just enough to force a game seven and then put up a goose egg in Boston. Second half, they would make a few runs, but Miami won this game by 20 because Kayla Martin looked like Michael Jordan out there. We'll get to some of that subject matter in the second segment, but the Celtics forced that crazy game seven, and a lot of people thought, oh, there's no way Miami's going to win after that gut punch, and not only did they win, but they won pretty handily, especially in the second half. Yeah, normally, my rule of thumb was something like that. I felt like everybody else felt as well. I thought Boston would probably get the job done, but it was the way, too. It did strike me a little bit the way Spolster was after game six. He was very positive, and he was just saying how things always come hard for Miami and that he's not discouraged at all and how fun it was going to be. And I do think that, and I read the article this morning, actually, by Windhorse about how they – how his perception was that they won it at the end of game six with the way just that Spolstra and the team, they, they kind of bunkered down together and how they packed clothes to go to Denver and they came in with the belief that they were going to win the game. Hmm. But Miami just shot the ball so well from three last night. Boston started 0-12 and you could just tell Miami had that mentality. And I think Boston 
definitely thought they were going to be able to roll with the way that the crowd sounded. I think they thought Miami was going to come in and I won't go as far as maybe lay down, but I do think they did not see Miami coming in with the uh, fortitude that they had. I mean, I guess if you were to force me to put money on one team winning or another, I guess I would have leaned more towards Boston. But people like Charles Barkley saying that game six was actually Miami's game seven. Everybody thought there's no way that the Miami Heat are going to bounce well, back. Especially the way Boston the... killed them in the last time they yeah. were in Boston. Well, and I get all of that. But to me, it was always overlooked. Yo, Miami got a 2-0 lead because they won two games in Boston. That fan base was ready to go to the NBA Finals right from the rip. And because Miami has the whole heat culture thing, quote unquote, although I actually think you got to put some sincerity on it. Like, I don't think it's this complete joke right. to just give them. Because you are an eight seed. I mean, or look, you are man, an eight seed. Look, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and even with the whole Jimmy Butler debates that we've had, and even if he was not playing well in game six by any stretch of the imagination, we know the dude is cold as hell. Like, we know the dude is not about to be baffled by anything. He's going to come up and show up at least in clutch time. Uh, we're acting like Miami didn't just win those two games. People are like, oh, it's foregone conclusion. That's not the way it was. But even so, Wes, even seeing Miami continue to fight and claw their way to the NBA Finals as an eight seed, as a team that almost lost to Chicago in the second play-in game that they had. Remember, they got beat down by Atlanta and they barely beat Chicago. It was like Max Struess going for 30 to help save them. Even after fighting and clawing their way, I still think Denver's about to run everything up well, in the NBA Finals. And that's the I thing do. about it, though. You feel that way, but then you look at Miami's road to all of this and who they've beaten, and it's hard to think. I still think Denver will win the series, yeah. but it's hard to think they're just going to run through Miami. I just feel like Miami is a team. They, I do feel like dudes have been paid. They took the L in the bubble. They they lost last year in the East Conference Final. So I'm not so sure. I think yeah. this is going to be a good series. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it as the week, as the show goes on. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Coming up next, we'll talk a little bit more about not only the NBA playoffs, but also the Charlotte Hornets aspect of this. My timeline. Half of my timeline was arguing that the Charlotte Hornets should have kept Caleb Martin. And half of my timeline was saying, nah, it was always the right decision to move on from the twin from Davie County. We'll talk about that coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Dissecting the Eastern Conference Finals. Watching Jimmy Butler win the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. But some people thought it should have been former Charlotte Hornet Caleb Martin. Do you think it should have been? And just how angry are you as a Hornets fan watching Caleb Martin do everything he did in the last playoff series? You can text us on the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. 
at 704-570-9610. And I'm really just opening myself up to some anger here. Not even anger, just some real pain. Just like every other Hornets fan is going through right now, watching one twin injured for basically the entirety of the season, 97% of it, and watching Caleb Martin do what he's doing in this postseason. Because he was pretty close to winning the MVP of this past series. I think there were nine voters in total, five, maybe 11, but it was just one more vote. If it would have gone the other way, then Caleb Martin would have been holding the Larry Bird trophy, the new trophy that is given to the conference finals MVP. He was very close to doing it. Caleb in this last game, he was 11 of 16 from the field, four of six from three point range, 10 rebounds, scored 26 points in the clincher as the Miami Heat move on to the NBA finals. Not to mention these field goals that he were hitting, he was hitting, it was not just dunks and layups and being set up. This dude was hitting fadeaways. This dude was getting, I mean, completely blanketed by either a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum, and he would just step back and hit it right in your grill. He had three 20-point performances. He scored double digits in every single one of these games. The lowest amount he scored was 14 in game five when he went five of 12 from the field. Now, I think it was the right decision to give this award to Jimmy Butler. Like, we can't just forget the 3-0 start where Jimmy went absolutely bonkers. And then even in Jimmy Butler's worst game, he had the most clutch plays for Miami. But Caleb Martin was crazy. But, Wes, my timeline, Hornets fans are down bad. Watching the Miami Heat, watching Caleb Martin do what he's doing. And if that wasn't enough for some of the Hornets fans to handle, you got to see Alonzo Mourning present the trophy yeah (laughs) like if Alonzo would have presented that trophy to Kayla Martin I think Hornets Twitter would have just blown up entirely my question to you is there any real blame for the Hornets to bear here watching Kayla perform this way after waving Kayla Martin deciding to pay Cody or is this just a freak thing that happened that no one saw coming from an undrafted free agent that also was not immediately picked up as soon as he was waived by the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, none. I mean, you talk about Cody Martin two seasons ago set career highs in uh, three-point field goal percentage, and he was really a good two-way player for the Hornets, especially off of the bench. Who would have known? Like, of course, fans do stuff like this all the time. It's like they have some type of uh, future crystal ball, and they sit there. Who would have said a, a few years back, oh, when you get rid of him, he's right. going to be out of the league for a while, but you just wait. In a few years, he's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and almost win the MVP. You just wait and see. Like, who knew this? Who saw this coming? Nobody saw this coming last night, and he's been playing well in the series. Nobody thought Caleb Martin was going to come out and do what he did last night. So, no, the Hornets don't bear any responsibility. You have to look at time and context, and it's like, oh, well, did they give up on him too early? No, nobody knew that he was going to do what he's done. And who knows, maybe the Hornets waving him and him being out of basketball and having to have the help to get back into the league spurred him to become the player that he's becoming. So who would have known if he would have stayed here if that would have been there? Look, there, there's so many other things to pay uh, to pay attention to and also criticize the Hornets for than watching Kayla Martin do what he's doing for the Miami Heat. Because you could also blame other teams for not picking up Kayla Martin, right? Like he was available for everybody. Not once, but twice because he was undrafted. He was for the streets. Nobody would, nobody drafted him. <laughs> and so the Hornets brought him in, and he did have some flashes. Like, there were a couple of games. Now, a lot of the time, Caleb Martin wasn't playing well, and there was a reason he was waived. 
the Hornets prioritized defense. Cody Martin then was a better defender. He hadn't played all this year. Maybe if Cody has a similar season to the year he had prior, I think it would be a little more palatable for Hornets fans to watch what Caleb did. It wouldn't be that good. Cody Martin has never been borderline Eastern Conference final MVP good. That hasn't happened. But he would have given us something, right? He got hurt within the first 50 seconds of the season. This is someone that had been hurt a while. Now, you might be worried about that for the future, but we couldn't see this coming, man. And might I remind you, there is a story on ESPN right now that was dropped May 27th, just a few days ago, at 6.38 p.m. by Coley Harvey. The headline, how J. Cole, yes, J. Cole, the rapper, helped Caleb Martin land with the Miami Heat. So we're going to blame the Hornets for dropping him when it took J. Cole's word to get him, Caleb Martin, to work out with Miami. I mean, there's a whole article about it. I'm not, I'm not here to criticize the Hornets for that. If you want to talk about how they screwed up the 2021 NBA draft, trading up for Kai Jones and not working out James book night, not working out. Okay. Valid. I'm not going to argue with you on that, but this whole Caleb Martin thing, man, we got to let that go. Let's just be happy for Caleb crib. By the way, Davy <laughs> County. Yeah. Like, let's go ahead and stand up for the dude locally. That's been nothing but awesome as a human being alongside Cody Martin. They had to deal with racism growing up in a real bad part of town. And we had that big time E60 story. I believe it was some kind of feature in the NCAA tournament when they were balling for Nevada at Eric and with Eric Musselman, Kayla Martin, the offensive player of the year, Cody Martin, the defensive player year, man, this is just an awesome success story for both Cody Martin, who got paid. Thank God this last off season and Kayla Martin, who is now an national storyline yeah so I mean you gotta love it and we'll see what he does in the finals but just that series they said last night he's earned himself a lot of money so as you said all you but can he's already do under contract just, just to dispel guy. that real quickly like he's not three years 20 it, million yeah, yeah. right so, I forgot so, about that so they he, did say that he'd already locked him right out, but so, he might have to go back in there and say let's uh let's talk about this. <laughs> we're gonna get a basketball holdout we're yeah, gonna let's get a talk bas- about this yeah I would love to see a basketball yeah holdout. so I mean just kudos to the kid man right. and we'll see what he does in the finals couple of local kids in the finals now with ish and with Caleb Martin. So we got a couple of guys. Ishmith having played for the most amount of NBA 14, teams 14, I believe, right? 14 teams. And then even leaving, well, not leaving. I mean, the Hornets are the ones that traded Ishmith to Washington in the Vernon Carey trade. They got Montrez Harrell in return, and then yeah. he got picked up by Denver. Which, by the way, is Ishmith, what are some of the other best yeah. NBA journeymen of all time? Yeah, let's get some, uh, some role players going on the text line, man. Let us know who some of your favorite role players are. I know for me, man, I used to like, especially when I was a big Lakers fan, uh, Devin George was a player. I know when I would play on video games with him, I used to like the ball out with him. Of course, uh, Robert Ory, got to love him. The Morris brothers, always guys that uh, can do it. Can we do all sports? You want to go all sports, well, uh, journeyman? Or you? <laughs> I mean, Kenny Lofton is the poster child, isn't he? Uh-huh. Of like journeyman in any kind of sport. Uh, can I open up the doors with a Flip Murray reference? How about a Ronald Flip Murray? Okay. Bobcat. Yeah. I'll go air quotes with the legend. But Flip Murray is somebody that bounces around Curry, to a lot of different teams. Throw him in there. Yeah. How many? What's the? Seth what's, Curry's been around. Well, Let's hold see. on. What, what's the criteria? Because if we're gonna do, I'd say at least you gotta yeah, four teams. Oh, I would even say more. 
Because because you're not going to hit. Nah, four teams, you journeyman status. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, the legends. Oh, big journeyman. Seth has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight jerseys on his resume. Oh, I did not realize it was that many. Yeah. He's I, got, I thought Seth Curry would have been out yeah, of he's this. He's got Dallas, Philly, Brooklyn, Portland, uh-huh. Sacramento, Phoenix, Cleveland, Memphis. All right. I didn't know that. Big Germ has a great <laughs> one. How about Trevor Ariza? Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza was my guy. Multiple. I saw him in a mall in Orlando when I lived in Orlando for a short period. Uh, multiple people wrote in Trevor Ariza, Big Germ, and then a 704 number. Uh, 704 also writing in Gerald Green, Jamal Crawford. Those are some great ones. Oh, Jamal Crawford's the, the classic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let's, let's let this marinate a little bit, and then we'll go to it. 704-570-9610. I did want to get to Bruce some more. Bowen. Bruce Bowen. But he wasn't a journeyman, though, was he? He was a Spurs guy. I know he had a tough road to get to the to the league, but I, I'll check on how many teams he played All right, for. Cal State Fullerton's finest, Bruce Bowen. How about that? Let's go to some other text messages here. Uh, DJ wrote in, what do you think He's about people? Uh, okay. What do you think about people making direct comparisons between the Heat and the Hornets? Because they started the same this year. That Oh, it was, that's a good one. Well, it's just the injuries destroyed both teams. But I guess, is he talking about from a holistic standpoint, just as far as what they've done as franchises? Oh, maybe he was talking about that. Yeah, I think that, too. I remember going to the expansion tournament when I was a kid. My mom took me when it was Minnesota, Orlando, Mm -hmm. Miami, and the Hornets. And I guess they either played preseason games all in the same roof or whatever it was. But that's a great question. Has Orlando's now been to the finals? The Heat have been to the finals multiple times? Oh, yeah. Well, so, if you wanted to give the Hornets any kind of excuse, it would be that they're not going to be messing with Miami as a big market. Yeah, and Minnesota's gone to the conference finals. Well, and I know, well, that's true, yes. But Minnesota, yes, they got to the conference finals. They drafted Kevin Garnett. But that team has been as, handled as poorly as any other franchise. But you're right. But, but the Hornets, but no, you're, yeah. look, the Hornets have not done enough yeah. to get the benefit of the doubt here. I mean, if you haven't reached the conference finals, then 100%. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's been a success. There are some excuses, but not really, for sure. So I have no problem with that question saying, hey, can we compare? I don't think it's a direct comparison because Jimmy Butler, yeah, he wants to go to Miami because, one, the whole state income tax thing. But also it's Miami, South Beach. I mean, South Beach is going to attract maybe a few more free agents than Charlotte or any other mid to small market out there. And so I think that's a worthy conversation of having, okay, Miami going to be a destination that NBA players or players in general are going to flock to a little bit more than Charlotte, even if people really like it here once they get here. I think we can call it what it is on that. But Charlotte still has a lot of work to do. It's why I'm begging and pleading the basketball gods. Let's just hit on this number two pick. Wes, even if I don't know that Brandon Miller is going to be the best, even if I'm giving all of this Scoot Henderson opinion and it's really going to be Brandon and I have to go through the pain on draft night of not getting Scoot, but Brandon's the real answer, that's fine. Just hit on him. Just hit on number two so we don't have to have Kayla Martin debates on Twitter <laughs> anymore. Please, let's move past Yeah, the I mean, I think it's been a deal of, of ownership and aggression as well, though. I think Miami has helped for sure, no doubt about it. My favorite city in the United States thus far, right. all my travels, but... Guys love living in Charlotte, too. I mean, we have a lot of guys that come down here. They love it. But I just think that we have yet to have that win-at-all-cost owner. We haven't had that yet. A guy that's going to say, no, I won't accept the fact that with Charlotte and, and the market size, I'm not accepting any of that. I'm going after any and everybody. I'm going to get the best team that I can get by any means necessary. I don't feel like we've had that guy yet. And I feel like in Miami, they do have it. 
you know, talk about the Heat culture all you want or whatever, and, they, and then That's they've right. hit on the right draft picks. But, I mean, that when they traded for Alonzo Mourning, or like I said, when they drafted Dwayne Wade, went and signed Shaq, but they, they've won and they've been aggressive, and they also have that to their advantage. And so, guys, when they see that, oh, yeah, I can enjoy my quality of living and they're winning basketball games, it helps. But, I, yeah, I just think that that's, that's played a lot into it too, man. We, we just need an owner here that wants to – we need a Steve Ballmer type of cat that just wants to go get it. I, I, for sure, but also you could argue what have the Clippers done? They got to well, a conference right, but, finals. I mean, he, had to, he was aggressive enough to go get the, the Kawhi and the Paul George, and he's not accepting the fact that they're the Clippers, and he throws his money mm-hmm. wherever it's needed. Like they're getting a new arena. Like they're doing all kind of stuff, but just as far as – him going and get guys, and I know it's L.A. That, I think that, but, but, but just his big. mentality when he talks, you could tell, and the way he acts at games, sitting front row, getting mm-hmm. super excited about stuff like he really, really wants to win, and that's all I'm saying is that we need <laughs> ownership here that wants to win at all costs and shows it. So, and and for sure, a couple things working for the Clippers are that Steve Ballmer is as rich as anybody in the game. I understand Yeah, that. and so he's got more money than Michael Jordan times however many. I mean, I don't even know. Like, it's just... Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael, you could you could keep adding all of his salary, but I, I get it, right? Like, yes, it, the, the Charlotte Hornets have not been well run enough, especially during the Bobcats days, especially when they left this the city, this franchise, the fans. It's been through a lot, and that's evident by us pleading to have Caleb Martin back on this roster. Let's go to some journeymen. Um, Entries here on the Garage Door Guru text line. Big Cat Dan, Andre Iguodala. How about yeah. Andre moved around a couple different teams and, and had a big impact, but I view, you view him with Denver one year, clearly Philadelphia, Golden State. I'm looking for guys, at least for me, this is my criteria, criteria, Wes. I want guys that have just like played for a bajillion teams. Like I want eight or more. I didn't realize Seth had played for that's that a, many. No, yeah. I know, but that's, that no, is but the echelon eight I'm or more. I mean, that's the echelon I'm looking for. So if you play for six teams, you don't consider them a journeyman. No, I, I am. I'm just saying there's so many players gotcha. that have had the journeyman type, like flip Murray, a ish Smith, you know, who has played for the most, he's played for half the league, but can we get anywhere close to that? Um, 704-570-9610. You can continue to write some of those questions in. Um, and then we have a poll to get to here as well. Let's go ahead and end the segment. Let's go to a fitty flash in a moment. Then on the other side, we do have a poll about some of the Hornets fans who they want at number two, because we're inside a month away from the NBA draft. June 22nd, we'll see who the Charlotte Hornets decision is at number two. We have a lot to get to regarding the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA draft. But let's first get to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? What? We got a little bit of breaking news in the NBA. The architect, the guy that built the Golden State Warriors dynasty, Bob Myers. He's stepping down saying, quote, it's just time. There's a lot of rumor that Washington is going to go after him with some of their uh, the overhaul that they're doing in their front office. But, you know, we kind of talked after they got beat in the second round by, by L.A., was this the end of their dynasty? This could be another domino, if that is to be true, losing the guy that put together that nucleus. Well, everybody was kind of expecting this. They've been talking about this for a while, that he was going to step down. So I'm not really surprised 
uh, by this at all. Now, will it hurt Golden State? We shall see. But this was a move that people have been expecting. I think it will hurt them. Bob Myers did a hell of a job, not only drafting the right players, building the core of this team, but you also have to take into effect the relationship that he's been able to build. And this is where it especially comes crucial now because Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, let's not get it twisted anymore. They're not worth now the money that they're getting, but they've accomplished so much. Do you pay them for past accomplishments or do you want to gear more towards paying them what they're worth at this point on the basketball floor? And that is a really hard decision to make because you want to do right by the guys that got you four different championships in Golden State and were a huge part. But this is also a team that's paying more money than any NBA team has ever paid via the luxury tax in order to hold on to those guys. So if this is a team that got beat by the Lakers before they get to the conference finals, whew, I mean, whoever comes in might not even feel obligated to pay him because they weren't around nearly as much as Bob Myers during this core. That's going to be a crazy interesting dynamic about what goes on in the Bay Area with Bob Myers moving on and somebody else eventually taking over that job. We'll see how it goes. 704-570-9610. Feel free to share your thoughts and comments on that topic. But coming up next, we heard Charlotte Sports Today talk about it. Elliot Cadu reclassifies for 2023 he will be a North Carolina Tar Heel this upcoming basketball season how big of a deal is that for Hubert Davis we'll get to that in just a moment on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, folks. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, Empowered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. And hit up those socials. Hit that follow button. We're working hard for you every day. We're bringing you the the fashion. We're bringing you the behind the scenes. We're bringing you everything on Wesson Walker, on the WFNZ Instagram, Twitter, on the Twitters of... Uh, the Weston Walker Show of Walker Mail. West got rain 704 on Twitter and Instagram and HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. All right. The North Carolina Tar Heels got an early Christmas gift. I guess some would expect it or say they would have expected this, but some may not have. Elliot Cadu reclassifies to 2023. So now he would join the Tar Heels, one of the top point guards In America, he is the second highest rated incoming point guard since 2000 behind Ty Lawson. So this guy is going to come in with big expectations, looking to join in with this group. 
that includes newcomers Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, Jalen Withers, and Paxton Wojcic. So the Heels are looking to reload around Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis. What does this move mean for the Tar Heels, and what will his role be next season? First thing I thought of, it's R.J. Davis, just because we've talked about it quite a bit. When we had no, the, I'm the point guard. When we had Brendan March <laughs> release that article, a part of The Athletic, it was revealed in the whole What Went Wrong article after the season that at the beginning of the year, R.J. Davis was put on the shooting guard award watch list, and he asked to be taken off of that because he wants to be viewed as a point guard. Still weird. Maybe I haven't gotten over it just because I've never heard of that before. And that might just be because those things aren't necessarily publicized. Maybe that information isn't at the ready for everyone to take in. I just find it hard to believe that someone would be so off put because they were put on a shooting guard award list that they'd ask to be taken off of it entirely because they view themselves as a point guard. But Wes, when we talk about Elliot Cadu, you mentioned it. He's being compared to the other point guard greats in North Carolina history of very decorated history. Like point guard you, to some extent, is North we, We've always talked about it, whether it's Dean Smith, whether it's Roy Williams, now Hubert Davis. This is his first real point guard type of facilitator that is copying, pasting what that kind of ideology was with the best coaches of all time. So if Elliot Cadu is coming in, celebrated as the best passer in this program since Kendall Marshall, is R.J. Davis going to be the starting point guard at the beginning of the season? Okay, sure. Let's say that he's starting. What about in the middle part portion of the season, right? Like, what about towards the end? At what point is there going to be the time where at the starting, at, 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 in the starting lineup or in the closing minutes, which at least in the NBA matters a lot more. But what is Hubert Davis going to do when you just want your best five out there? Are you going to sit the five-star best facilitator they've had since Kendall Marshall? Probably not. And honestly, I don't blame him. You would think that you'd want R.J. Davis and Elliot Cadu to be out there in the backcourt at the same time. Plus, I trust R.J. shooting. I, I just I don't want to make this into a mountain from a molehill. I don't want to do that. But Wes, I just I was so taken aback by some of the on-court things that were a problem between a Caleb sure. Love and an RJ. I hope that this can work. I think it can. I just hope that RJ Davis is cool with all of this and then we don't have any of these problems moving forward. Yeah, I mean, there's no question he's going to start. This is the NIL era. This is the transfer portal era. You better not. Error. You better not bring in a five-star point guard unless he is just absolutely horrendous. Then you don't want him in your program anyway. Other than that, you're not going to bring this kid in and he shows you all of the skills to pay the bills and you're going to sit him on the bench. That's not happening. RJ's just going to have to uh, take his role and like it. That's all he's going to be able to do at this point. This kid's going to be able to come in and help the team. He averaged 15 points, nine assists, uh, almost five boards and two steals through 17 games uh, last season. As I said, this kid is known as an elite playmaker, perfectly aligns with the Carolina way as far as the point guards are considered. So this kid is going to come in and only help things passing the ball like this. This is a guy who's going to make the game easier on everybody. I'm going to give R.J. Davis the benefit of the doubt here. And and, and again, I, I don't oh, want... Oh, and I'm sorry. Those numbers were on the EYBL circuit. Sorry about that. So, so the numbers are good wherever he's playing, right? I mean, he's a five-star for a reason. The guy is fantastic. I mean, I don't want to make this into some dramatic thing. Oh, I think R.J. Davis is going to be some malcontent. Even, we didn't see that, right? We didn't see him be a malcontent. It was just the whole, what does R.J. Davis want to do at the beginning of the season? But these guys can work. Here's what I'll say. On paper, Wes, 
this team should be loads of fun. I mean, I love what this team looks like right now. Elliot could do an RJ Davis in the backcourt. You bring in somebody like Jalen Withers, who is a good shooter as a somewhat bigger body. Same thing with Cormac Ryan. You know how much I celebrated the addition of Harrison Ingram, who is a really good playmaker. Think about a weakness for North Carolina last year being their lack of playmaking. Is this thing just an outright strength for them? Because R.J. Davis can facilitate well. Not as good as Kadu, who's coming in crazy celebrated there. Harrison Ingram, that's the part about his game that I love so much and that I've been preaching about. They haven't had a wing like that since Theo Pinson, who could do it all. I just love the brand of offense that is within their abilities. On paper, it could be loads of fun. Now you don't have to necessarily rely so much on Armando Baycott saying, all right, we can't work in the half court. Armando, can you just give us a post move that he's not really good at, by the way, which Uh you've mentioned quite a bit. Totally agree. It's not like he's the guy, hey, go get us a bucket with some intricate Hakeem Olajuwon post style. He's just somebody that's going to back you down because he's a beast. And we know that he makes a living getting the trash points, getting the offensive rebounds and putting it back up. So now he can really play a lot more of what his game is best suited for. I love the playmaking everywhere, Wes. Like, I think that's a huge strength. And then you got the shooting come along with it. Man, I I can tell you right now, I'm 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 stoked about this season for them. I really am. I, I, I was telling you I was worried at the very beginning of last year. I might be gassing them up, Wes. You might have a long time this offseason with me. I apologize to you. All right, pop, pop in the back. <laughs> you want to tell us what you think about the Tar Heels with that gruff voice? I mean, this is a guy that overnight changes Carolina's transition offense. Carolina ain't run in almost 10 years because they don't have point guards that could run the offense the way that you want to. Hubert Davis literally scrapped the secondary break because there was no secondary break to what they were trying to do. Because Caleb's hurling. You know, all this stuff, it just changes overnight. And when it comes to R.J. Davis, he's my favorite player on the team. I love him. I don't give a damn about your feelings. Like, I want to win. And you came back to right the the wrongs of last year where you failed. Well, and let me ask this to both of you before we move on. It, for some reason, it's just in my head because it was so bizarre. Am I making too much of it? Like, no. I, I don't think it's going to be this huge problem. Well, I do think you gas and Harrison Ingram a little bit. But well, well, no, and I hear you on a that. McDonald's All-American. That, that, and that's fine, right? Like, well, I We got it. a couple of those, too, and they didn't was work weak? out at Gonzaga. Wake did. Wake got a McDonald's All-American, too. He didn't work out too great at Gonzaga. No, the, the shooting needs to go up. I just, I, I love the playmaking from him, right? Like, I just, for me, I just wonder, yeah, I just wonder about R.J. Davis because and how happy he is. The, the good news is, I, I don't think that I saw real issues between them on the court as far as any kind of anger, right? Like I, we never saw them punching the seats or, you know, we didn't see any stank face over there on the bench. Brendan in that same article I'm referencing would also talk about how off of the court, just their personality, their friendship, it was good. Like they were fine in that. So I don't think there's going to be any real anger to lead this to it. I just think those guys can help each other quite a bit. And I hope that it can be, I hope that it can reach the 100 percentile in their effectiveness. Well, the thing that would be interesting too is, when the success comes for Kadu and he gets a lot of credit for the turnaround of North Carolina because you know that's going to come, especially if it's due to the fact that they can run and due to the fact of their transition offense being a big difference for them. And if he comes in and is as advertised, a lot of people are going to look at him as one of the catalysts uh, for that change. So we'll talk more about that. We'll, we'll see how it goes once he gets there. But I do think this is a big get for Carolina for sure. I know uh, – 
old uh, Hubert Davis has to be thanking the lucky stars that he has a point guard that could control the basketball. Mm -hmm. So when we come back, (laughs) Antonio Brown made a ask of Cam Newton. What is that you may say? Well, you'll find out when you return on the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.